0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: You're damn right it is. (laughs) Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on Sirius XM Channel 80, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. Lines are open, and they're buzzing right now regarding Aaron Rodgers and if the Packers should want him back. Right now, though, you know it's a good day. When you start looking ahead a couple of months and you get your first mock draft Hello! from Mel Kuyper Jr., And he joins us right now on ESPN Radio, of course. ESPN draft analyst Mel, with the best with the best hair in the business. Don't forget that part, (laughs) partner. We got to point that out. Mel, do you remember where you had Canty rated when he was coming into the draft in the middle? Chris and I I wish I could
2: have pulled the report. I'm sure Chris is. I don't know if you've seen it. Next time we do the show, I'll have it for you. Now he he was. I thought again. If you can find a player like that, what round, Chris, was it? You went
3: fourth round, pick one thirty-two.
2: You were one of my steals at the a draft.
3: There you go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, you, and, and, that, and that leads to me what I was going to say, but this, dra- this is not a strong draft, but you're going to find guys who slip through the cracks. And I was just doing some radio in Chicago, and that was what we were talking about, the fact that you got to – if I look back four years from now and I see the 2023 draft as a B or an A draft, I'm giving my scouts a raise.
1: All right, <laughs> so l- let's talk about that first of all, Mel. Let's start there with Chicago because they're mm-hmm. in such a great – position in theory to have the number one pick. They theoretically have their uh, franchise quarterback in place and Mm -hmm. all the cap room that they do. Is this going to be a draft where teams are going to be knocking on their door to try to get up uh, to get one of the quarterbacks?
2: What they have to hope for is that a team like Houston or Indy feels there's one quarterback ahead of all the rest. And we got to get that one guy. We don't have all three ranked ranked together like the Eli, uh, you know, Rivers and Roethlisberger year. Okay, we don't have that. And I think if they feel that there's one guy, then Chicago can move off of one. Maybe get lucky, move to two. Let Houston get their guy, and have Indy feel like, okay, we definitely can't lose our our guy who might be the second or our top guy. We got to go from four to two. Then maybe Chicago can move down twice, go one to two, and then two to four. That's best case scenario for the Bears if that can happen happen. Worst case is they're stuck at one because nobody values one quarterback over the three, over the other two, and says, okay, I know we're getting a quarterback at two, I'll take any one of them. And I know I'm getting a quarterback at four, I'll take one of them. Now, four is tricky. It's going to be the tricky one, because if you're into the third quarterback, Do you want to wait for that guy. And like I said, that gets back to if all three are equal, or there's one or two ahead of the rest. That will determine the Bears' fate, whether they can move off of one.
1: Okay, that said, how do you evaluate these quarterbacks?
2: You know, it's 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 still to be determined on Levis and Young. I'm waiting on Bryce Young until I want to see Pro Day. What, what is his weight? What's his body? Can he hold? He thinks he can hold 210. 185, 180, 175 is not going to get it done for the number one, number four pick, number two pick. It's just it's too risky. So the weight, not the height, the weight is very important. And I think when you get to the NFL, I always say there's no AOGs, there's no another occupation guys. These are all NFL players, on Lake college. And the bottom line is, that, that's, we've never had that in the history of the draft, there's a quarterback that size go this high. And when I talk about, I'm talking about the height, I'm talking about the weight. And when you put the height and weight together, this is what you get. A great quarterback, who should be the number one pick based on the way he played, but this is the NFL. It's not who you are, it's who you will be. So, with that said, let's wait on Young, and see how the weight comes out. I have Will Levis as my number one quarterback right now. Bryce Young, two. CJ Stroud, three. And Anthony Richardson, four.
3: Mel, how does this quarterback class compare to the 2020 class or the 2021 class when you saw four to five quarterbacks going in the first round?
2: Well, it's going to be it's going to be a case where again that group. I'm going to go back to the trade Lance year when he only had the you know one start that year, and he only had the one year as a starter at North Dakota State. You had Mac Jones coming out of Alabama. You had Trevor, as the bait was, he was number two. I had Justin Fields too. I had Zach Wilson too. Uh, you know, it was you were all over the place that year with the opinions. This could be that kind of year where you're, again I've talked to a lot of people that haven't. I was not able this week to build a consensus on who the best quarterback is for the mock. So again everybody's all over the place. You know, Richardson's going to be kind of a polarizing quarterback, but there's mixed opinion on him. Uh, had Levis been healthy this year, I think it would have been Levis right there. If, if I say if young were a little bigger, it would be hands down young. If Stroud would have showed the ability to move around and use his legs like he did against Georgia all year, he'd have been guaranteed to be the number one guy. So all three are missing just something that would have set them apart from the rest at this stage of the evaluation.
1: Mel Kuyper Jr., the very familiar voice with us ESPN draft analyst Mel how good is Jalen Carter especially compared to some of the other Georgia defensive linemen we've seen
2: well, when he had all those studs around him uh, you know, in the 2022, which would be 2021, uh, he was considered their best player. That was, I think, right there when you watch the tape. This year, he got hurt in September twice early on, and then late September, knee and ankle. I love the fact he came back and played. Uh, he didn't have to come back as quickly as he did from those two injuries, and he played really well. Uh, so I think the bottom line with Chicago there is, by moving down, do they feel, say, Kalijah Cansey from Pitt, is close enough to Carter or right there with Carter that if we, even if we lose out on Carter, we can get Canty. That's going to be important to see how they figure those two. So there's a lot of, of work to be done within those personnel departments to really impact you know, how they feel about trading off or of where they're picking.
3: Talking with the ESPN senior NFL draft insider Mel Kuyper Jr. on Canty and Carlin. And Mel, I know you said this is not a particularly strong draft, but if you were to highlight a position group that is strong in this draft, what would it be?
2: Tight end, no question. So it's, it's tight end. I mean, this is one of the better tight end groups you'll find with Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, who everybody says he's clear-cut. He's not clear-cut number one tight end. Luke Musgrave from Oregon State was injured after game two uh, and didn't play the rest of the year. He's healthy now. He's going to run 448. You know, Dalton Kincaid had an incredible year at, at Utah. Darnell Washington is an enormously talented kid who's a matchup nightmare yes, coming out of Georgia. Uh, Tucker Kraft at South Dakota State was banged up early against Iowa. Yeah, you know, that offense didn't really get him the ball enough, but he's a talented kid. And Sam Laporte, Iowa, Davis, Allen, Clemson, Cameron, not to Alabama, Luke Schoonmaker, Michigan, Will Mallory, Miami, all the way down to Payne Durham from Purdue. That's the right there is 11 tight ends that are going to play in the league. And I'd say right out of that group, seven of those tight ends, that top seven go within the first three rounds. And I think three could go in the first, maybe four. And I think you're going to see six, maybe seven, like I said, in the first three rounds. But you could, I think right now there are four first-round caliber tight ends Two maybe two will go, and maybe three.
1: Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN draft analyst. Mel, it kind of sounds, and maybe please tell me if I'm wrong, that the way you're speaking about this draft, you'd almost rather, this is one of those years you don't mind being in the middle as opposed to being at the top.
2: Depends really, Chris. On how you rank the players and who you feel strongest about, it. and also what position do you need help at? Uh, because if it works in unison with a need and everything, it's a perfect storm—the right player for the right need uh, with the right team and the right system and then you can find that guy. So I, I don't want to act like you know every you know with this is and everybody's going dis- to uh, disagree on players. So you're going to have enough of a, of a talent group of say. Let's go to 100. If you have 100 instead of 120 this year, I'm struggling at 80. But say you get it to 100 instead of 120. That's all you need to draft for 12 rounds. You don't need you know, 200 players or 250 players on your board. So you only need about 100, 120 anyway. So you'll be close to that point, maybe not quite there. Uh, but that doesn't mean that from that group there's still going to be players left after after the seven rounds are completed. So it's just one of those years that's going to be tricky. And as I say, if you look back three or four years from now and say, hey, we had a heck of a draft, like I said, those scouts will have to be commended, and, uh, and they would have done a great job.
1: Mel, it's really beginning, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, enjoy it. We appreciate it. And thanks for popping on for your first podcast. Oh, always draft. a
2: pleasure, guys. Along the road to late April. Take care man. <laughs> See you, bud.
1: Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN draft analyst, joining us, Canty and Carlin, on ESPN Radio. And here's what I'll say. Yeah. A little eye opener. Mel Kuyper, in his first mock, has Texas
3: running back B. John Robinson going to 26 to the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Woohoo. <laughs> I know some people down there. Yeah, could not rave more about him. Yeah, they absolutely love the guy.
3: Yeah, so that that probably means Ezekiel Elliott is done in Dallas, right?
1: Oh, but there's. there's I, no I, I know he says he wants to re- so I know he says he, he
3: wants to rework his contract, so, but, he, That's but he's, great. Pro- he's probably done in Dallas, That's right? Great.
1: I want to lose 100 pounds by tomorrow, but both are just ha- are not happening. <laughs> They're not happening. He's not reworking your contract, Chris. I, I get it. Short yardage back. That's great. I I, I can make that work otherwise. Yeah. It's time to move on. It's going to be somewhere else. He's cooked, for the most part. And I've heard this debate over the last day or two. Should they bring him back? There's no debate. No. There's no debate. No. There's no chance they should bring him back on whatever the contract looks like. They need to move on from it. And I get it. Tony Pollard is not a guy that's ever going to carry the ball 20 times a game. But B. Sean Robinson is somebody that you could bring in, put him with Tony Pollard, and you'd be in good shape.
3: There's no question about it. And not let's not forget, Tony Pollard also had the broken ankle in the divisional round game. So he's going to have to be on the men this offseason. Yep. He's a free agent. Jerry will probably bring him back because he was such an explosive player. But you might want to have another running back, somebody that's more of a thumper type to be a player that can split carries with him in the backfield.
1: Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. The Jalen Carter thing I think is very interesting. I agree with Mel that I, I thought it was great that he came back to play. Yeah. Um. That it, It's it's so easy to just pack it in after that now yeah. with what we're seeing. Look at what Jackson Smith and Jigba did. And, yeah. I, and I don't blame them. To, yeah. Don't get me wrong. He was never playing again after he got hurt early in the season. But – from the rest of it, I, I honestly just, I, I think when you have a guy like that who can be that kind of a, a people mover up front, yeah. if nobody is hot on one of those three quarterbacks to get there, I absolutely would be comfortable taking it. Yeah, here's the thing.
3: Jalen Carter's got to be the second coming of Reggie White to justify that. And even still, I, I don't know that you can take them with the first overall pick. you got to slide back and get more draft picks because if we're being honest, the Chicago Bears have a lot of holes to fill with that roster. they got work to do up front on both the offensive line and the defensive line. Oh, if line. it's there to move so, back so, to so four, you gotta, go ahead. And you think it has to be ideal, right, for, because the Houston Texans are sitting there at two. We know they need a quarterback. The Indianapolis Colts have let it be known that they are going to get a franchise quarterback this draft. you got to know that they're going to move up. Wouldn't you rather have your pick of guys in front of a division rival in the Houston Texans? That's the part of it that makes so much sense to me in terms of finding a partner to do the dance with, so the Bears can slide back and still get an impact player in Jalen Carter or Will
1: Anderson Jr. I'll give you two other guys there. Will Anderson's the first one. Yeah, um, did not have, did not have a. Great, great season like I would have expected. But he was phenomenal. He
3: was phenomenal in twenty twenty one.
1: Yes. Phenomenal. Exactly. And he's that level of explosive as far as a pass rusher. Yeah. Reminds me
3: of Willie McGinnis In terms of how he plays the run and how he rushes the passer. Might not have the bend that you're looking for from some of your elite edge rushers, but he's a big man. He's got a big frame. He can set the edge in the run game. You can reduce him down on the inside to rush over guards. If you want to create some mismatches Is along he the offensive line, to be a double-digit sack guy. Oh, no question about it. There's no question about it in my mind. Okay, no question about then that I'm, in my mind.
1: I'm very comfortable with that. By the way, Mel called back right before he was doing a TV hit. Had a late second round grade on you. Late second round grade. Late second round grade yeah, on
3: you. Yeah, there was a lot of medical stuff. Yeah, a lot of a lot of injuries. Well, you know, I, where
1: did you expect? So I, ex- I know you tore up your
3: knee. I, I tore up my knee. I had to detach retina. I expected to go somewhere second, third round. I didn't think it would be the back end of the fourth round, but there were so many teams that had me as an undraftable player. Really? Yeah. So you
1: couldn't pass. The medical. Physical. The yeah.
3: medical. Yeah. Okay. And I and I ended up being a starter as a rookie. <laughs> Talk, talk about talk about bargain shopping by Jerry Jones, and more importantly, Bill Parcells.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it immediately makes me think of a guy like Landon Dickerson, who a lot of people did not uh, allow to pass their physical, and he got picked by the Eagles. Look what he's doing now. He he's turned himself into a Pro Bowl player and borderline all pro. That guy had three knee injuries in college. Yeah. And you understand why? He's anyway, a monster. Uh, that aside, the other guy, Canty, that I, if you haven't seen him enough, just check out some game tape on him or, or something like that. The, the The guy that I love is Peter Skoronsky from Northwestern. Yes, yes. You talk about a people mover and a guy at tackle that is going to be a great player in the league. I, Candy, I've watched that watch that guy for three years, mm-hmm. or for two years really. He is he is something. He is absolutely something at tackle. He and Paris Johnson are both cornerstone type tackles. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe. Uh, For the for this draft and both guys, I will be stunned if both guys don't go in the top 10. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy that has 33 starts at left tackle in the Big Ten.
3: Mm -hmm. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's I'll take that all day long. I mean, look at how good Rashawn Slater was. And there were some questions about him in terms of size and being able to play the tackle position coming out of Northwestern. Seems like he's just fine.
1: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Let's get back to the calls. A bunch of you have been chiming in on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And if he wants to come back, should they want him back? Our guy Buddha in the Bronx is up next on ESPN Radio. Buddha, what's up, baby? Hey, guys, listen. You know, how pathetic is Jets Nation (laughs) that they're ready to mortgage everything for this guy Aaron Rodgers just to get the wild card weekend next year. Give me a break. You know, and on the side of the Packers side, I mean, if I'm the Packers, what I'm looking at is, yo, for the last four years, bro, four. Not one, not two, not three. Four years, you had a home game where all you had to do was play decent and we win the game and we got absolutely nowhere. It's time to move on, baby. For real, it's time to move on. Listen. I think you're 100% right. I think it's absolutely time to move on. If Aaron doesn't have a place where he wants to go, i got to figure it out this year. And Aaron may not like Listen, I may be stuck paying him the $58 million. By the way, uh, that's exa- Canty and I were uh, looking at that during the break at the top of the hour. That's exactly what would happen. Yeah. The Packers are on the hook for the $58 million. All that happens right now is... If they trade him, they can hold off actually exercising it so the other team has to deal with it.
3: That's it. But I don't know that another team is going to be willing to do that if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go play for them. Right. That's the problem.
1: So you may not be able to just, say, take a walk. You may, though, make life a little bit uncomfortable. If things are not going right, I mean, early you, can, in you, you
3: can tear it down around him, Carlin. I mean, think about it. How many people want to live in a house when it's being renovated? Well, let me let me. Nobody wants to live in a house no. when it's being renovated. But that's what the Green Bay Packers can do with this roster if Aaron Rodgers is insistent on coming back, and they don't want to play with him. Hey. They got they got to give him the money. That's it. If they can't find somebody to trade him to, and he's not willing to go, they got to pay him the money. But that doesn't mean that they have to allow him to dictate what the team is doing in terms of building their future out for the next next 3 to 5 years. That is on the general manager and that's the part where you're saying you have to stop letting them hold you
1: hostage. Well, let me ask you a question. What if the Packers start the season 1 and 3? Is it out of the realm of possibility that they could say, "Hey Aaron, we're going to take a look at Jordan Love. We're going to go in that direction. Hey, we're paying you, but you know what? Take a seat. That we're would go that, figure that, this out. that
3: would be your right, but then what does that mean in terms of what you're going to do for Jordan Love?" I mean, think about it. You would almost have to exercise Jordan Love's fifth-year option, sight unseen, knowing that he's not going into the season being your QB1. And, Carlin, that fifth-year option in 2024 is going to be over $20 million for but, one season.
1: But does it mean that? Do, does it fully mean that? Because after the year, they could figure out a way to work out a new deal with Love, and they can get out of Aaron Rodgers after 2023, can't they? They sure could. Yeah. So this is my point. Like I don't necessarily have to exercise that kind of decline So
3: you decline the option, and if you have to put the non exclusive franchise tag on him yeah. the following offseason, you
1: do it. Here's my point. If if we're not getting off to a great start here, and I got a chance to trade away maybe a couple of pieces, Aaron, do you want to spend your last season on the bench? You're gonna trade Aaron Rodgers in the middle of the season? No, no, no. i no what I'm saying is I'm gonna I'm gonna say to Aaron during this offseason, we're not gonna be very good this year. We're trying to move in a different direction. You want to be here for that? Because if that's the case, we can't guarantee you're going to start all year. Well, see, here's the thing. Because we got questions. Every, we got to answer every,
3: Carlin, everyone is better served if they come together and find the best place to move Aaron Rodgers. It and, does and, the and franchise no good. It does Aaron Rodgers no good to continue to do this dance. Come together behind closed doors. Handle your business that way. Don't air it out on the Pat McAfee Show. Let the team build leverage let against him other say teams that the want. Hell he wants at once. No, point. no, no, no. I don't care. No, no, no. About it, what it he has does matter, Carlin, because it affects what the Packers can get in return, and this is the most valuable asset they have. No, I'm shut the about- hell up and let us negotiate with the teams that you want to go to, so we can extract maximum value when we trade you. Period.
1: We are, we are saying the same thing in that this all has to be part of the conversation. Yes. If Aaron comes to me and says, "I want to stay in Green Bay." Let's lay out what those scenarios look like. Uh-huh. And they may not look like what you want them to look like, no matter how your water and your grass. Yeah. I think you could make it look ugly if you wanted to for the Packers. Yeah, we got to pay you. Doesn't mean we have to play you. Yeah. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, LeBron's getting close. But speaking of things not ending well, Wendy's knows how everyone hates the cold and soggy fries. Let's be honest. There's nothing worse than cold and soggy the fries. Worst. The absolute worst. The absolutely worst. The worst. Yeah. The temperatures are cold enough. You don't need your food to be too. That's why Wendy's changed their fries to serve them up hot and crispy every time guaranteed or they'll replace them for free. You heard right. They will replace them for free. Listen, you shouldn't have to worry about bad fries ruining your whole meal. And at Wendy's... You don't have to. You can enjoy natural cut, skin-on-potato fried to golden perfection and perfectly sprinkled with sea salt. And because Wendy's fries are served up hot and crispy every time, they stand up to any dip you throw at them. You think you're going to throw a curveball with Chipotle gets again? So grab your favorite sauce or Frosty, if you're into that kind of thing. Taste the difference hot and crispy can make. And let me tell you, (laughs) it makes a difference. Finally, the days of settling for cold and soggy fries are over. Head over to Wendy's today to get your order of hot and crispy fries. Make it every day. Make every day a Friday. That's right. F-R-Y day in case you missed it. At participating Wendy's, guaranteed to be hot and crispy. If yours aren't, bring them back and they'll replace them.
0: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Again, try Jets' signature eight corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets' pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Here's Westbrook back to LeBron. LeBron thinking about a three,
2: takes a three. Got it! Timeout, Flippers. 10 point game. 646 to go in the fourth. Clippers 113. Lakers
1: 103. LeBron is up to 43. 710 ESPN LA. LeBron has now scored 40 against every NBA franchise. The first player to ever do that.
3: That's a hell of an accomplishment, isn't it? It is. Lakers lost. Yeah, I know we lost, Carlin. I don't need you to say that. We had two starters that were in double figures despite all of them playing over 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. How, how is that a good thing? It's not a good thing. Yeah, I mean it's the, not. the the Clippers shot 60% from the field, 50% from three. They had 19 three-point makes. Exactly. Is that was defense? Exactly. It was defense optional by the Lakers. And you know who helps when he's on the court defensively for LA? Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. We could have used him last night. Could have. Now he's going to come. Soon, in, though, right? Not, not, well, they're saying tonight against yeah. the Spurs. Congratulations. He's coming back against the, against worst, team, the worst team in the league. Well, you got to ease your way back into these uh, things. That's great.
1: That's KT great. KT and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, that's for great. as much of an accomplishment as that was for LeBron, he did not look like a happy camper on the bench at the end of the game because things just went awry. They cut it there to 10, but that was about it because Russell Westbrook, with a nice little turnover in a big spot. He's getting into it with Dennis Schroeder. It turned into a whole thing. Let's hear from everybody. How ridiculous is that, by the way? The Lakers showed more fight
3: against each other than they did against the Clippers. Oh, that's
1: a great way to put it. That's a great (laughs) way to put it. They absolutely did. Uh, First, here's Russ on that little uh, argument that he had on the bench uh, with Dennis Schroeder. And uh, as you can imagine, didn't handle the question all that well
0: for us, kind of two questions about the, the same thing um, where did you and dennis get crossed up on the inbounds play and we kind of saw you guys kind of arguing about it on the bench after presumably about that um what was the discussion
3: about trying to to get that right moving forwards what do you mean crossed up what do you mean how we crossed up you were trying to get the ball in bounds how, how was, was that a cross up what were you I mean, I assume you weren't trying. There wasn't a turnover. It wasn't the goal of the play. I'm wondering what would the, the
0: goal of the play was. Well, it was a cross-up then. You said it was a cross-up, so it was a cross-up. I'm asking you. I mean, no, you said it. You said there was a cross-up on did, that play. Did you guys get crossed up on that play? No.
1: What
0: well, it was what, it? Was, it was a, it's a five-man play. It wasn't between me and Dennis. Okay. What went wrong on the play? play? you feel that turnover. Did you feel that that swung momentum at all? No.
3: <laughs> Why not answer the damn question rather than just being cute? There oh, no, a, no, no. It's not being cute. It was being cute. It's being a dumbass. Yeah, I mean, there's, there was clearly a miscommunication, and you and Dennis Shooter are chirping, and LeBron James is sitting there with his his head in his hands. Like, that that's a problem, Carlin, and I'm not trying to disparage either one of those players because here's the thing. Russell Westbrook has been great for the Lakers coming off the bench uh-huh. in terms of being able to distribute the ball with the second unit. He's been good in that capacity. But when you have moments like this, what's wrong with owning it? What's wrong with a little bit of accountability? There's frustration because we're not where we think we should be. There's frustration because we look at the Clippers as little brother, and yet we can't find a way to beat them on a light where LeBron James drops 46. There's frustration, the fact that Anthony Davis is not on the court as often as we need him to in order for this team to get where we want to go. All of those things are valid. All of those things are answers when you get asked that question. Because we recognize that athletes aren't robots. Some of that stuff is going to boil over when you get asked questions and you're a little bit sensitive about it. But that is an example of a hit dog hollering. And Russell Westbrook did not handle himself with a level of professionalism that he should.
1: No, and and listen. There were other ways to – I didn't think it was too pointed of a question. You could just say what happened on that play. Yeah,
3: the goal of the play wasn't a turnover, like the reporter yeah. said. Well,
1: that was so the reporter ex- kind of so, firing back after Russ decided Yeah, so to explain, be
3: explain what went wrong on the play. And if you don't want to explain what went wrong, say it's a miscommunication and the argument that ensued was frustration about the situation. That's yeah. it. There's I, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with admitting that. Uh, how about LeBron?
1: Let, let's, Let, let's, let's, talk,
3: let's talk about something positive with the Lakers.
1: Well, here's LeBron. Uh, Oh, this was a testy exchange with reporters about AD and the trade
0: deadline. AD might return tomorrow, I guess, pending some some warm-ups. You know, you guys, I think, are about 500, maybe one game over 500 without him. Do you feel like the team managed that pretty well or or managed that even better than you expected? I don't understand. Basically, without AD, you guys have, have... manage to, to kind of hang on and, and be around 500. Is that what you expected?
3: Um, I didn't expect anything besides just go out and compete. I wasn't like, okay, he's out. What can we do? i just just out and play the game and see what
2: happens. Well, LeBron, Rob was uh, speaking pre-game about trade deadline, and he was saying if there's an opportunity to get all the way at the end and win a championship, there's no resource we'll hold on to if we feel like that's there. But at the same time, The completely unwise thing to do would be to shoot a bullet early and not have it later. How does that analysis philosophy sit with you?
3: How does it sit with you? He said it to you guys. All right. He's talking to you. He wasn't talking to us. (laughs) Now, that was a pretty good clapback by LeBron. He was talking to you. He wasn't talking to us. How does it sit with you? Exactly. (laughs) Listen, LeBron is frustrated because the Lakers won't touch those 2027 and 2029 first round draft picks. They're not doing it. And I understand from an organizational standpoint why you're not selling your future, mortgaging your future for the here and now. Because,
1: Carlin, I'm not sure how good this Lakers team is going to be, even if you do add a significant piece. This is going to end badly. Across the board, it is going to end badly for LeBron and a little bit sadly, frankly. Uh, Now... Am I sad for him? I am not. Yeah. But I'm sad for the situation because he is uh, probably the second best player to ever play the game, if yeah. not the best player. Yeah. And I want to see that guy and at his you know, close to is as close to his best as he can well, at that point this late in his career. But I guess listen, it's so rare that it ends on your terms yeah, to begin
3: with. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's asking too much. No, it is asking too much. And like you said, LeBron signed up for this he had an opportunity if he wanted to be a free agent after this season, and he decided, you know what? I'm going to sign up for another tour of duty in L.A. this past offseason, and that's exactly what happened. And he knew that there are going to be injury concerns around Anthony Davis, and big men that have injury concerns don't all of a sudden get healthier as they get older. We knew that Russell Westbrook is not the same player that he was once was, and that he doesn't necessarily fit in terms of being able to play alongside LeBron. So, this roster had some serious flaws, and yet LeBron said, It's important for me to stay with the Lakers franchise. It's important for me to stay in L.A. because of my other business ventures. And as a result, the the product on the court is going to be somewhat mediocre. This is what LeBron James signed up for. So I have a hard time feeling bad for him. I feel bad for myself and other fellow Lakers fans because it's not the product that we're accustomed to. But this is the situation that it is. It's not what we were sold when the Lakers moved heaven and earth to get Anthony Davis from the New Orleans Pelicans. That summer camp championship was supposed to kick off a dynastic run. And it has been anything but since A.D. got there in L.A.
1: and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app still to come, we have to play another round of the newest game that we have on this show. The game that's sweeping the nation. Yeah, I think after the it's a it's debut earlier with Kimberly Martin, uh, there's a buzz. It's palpable. Yeah, it's palpable, and the game is who said it? Aaron Rodgers or the Dalai Lama? You would think that this would be an easy game to play. Oh no, maybe not so oh, much. Oh no, you'll get another crack at that, Mr. Canty, will in just moments, and. We also will conduct a little case of a pawn further review to look back at our preseason picks and just how right one of us really was. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. We
1: will occasionally admit when we're wrong. It's rare. It's not certainly something that I... Uh, stay in the habit of doing.
3: Yeah, you can admit when you were wrong about Tua.
1: I can, but I just don't like to do it very often. Because really, whose purpose does that? Sir, <laughs> certainly doesn't help me. Yeah, I'm trying to establish credibility. I'm sorry, I couldn't even spit out the. I word can't believe it.
3: you let me slide that one in under the radar with Tua, admitting you were wrong with Tua. I'm sorry, but you
1: really weren't wrong. I wasn't wrong with Tua. No. Don't don't. Sometimes it's best for me to just ignore that. Really and let it go. But neither ignore, one of us to was ignore wrong your about, ignore your partner. Neither one of us was wrong with Tua, and you were right there with me. Yeah, I was. So you know, yeah. Canti and Garland, ESPN Radio. <laughs> I may have to start being nicer about the Dolphins. I'll explain why later. Yeah, I'll explain why. Yeah, later. put some respect on it. No, all right, let's not get nuts. Uh, listen, here's the deal: we make picks before the season starts. And for some reason, somebody decided it would be a good di- a good idea to go back and look and see if we were right or wrong. Mm. So, you know, let's do that.
0: Well, I'm not sure if they got that one right. <laughs> let's check out the replay. That's a pun for the review. This is upon further review.
1: Yeah, this was not a great idea. Uh, our preseason NFL picks. Now,
3: this is inspired by the NFL releasing the finalists for the NFL honors, the right. awards that they dole out the week before the Super Bowl,
1: right now. Yeah. Here's here's what we picked. We we went through and we picked the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year. We also picked the championship games and the Super Bowl matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did we have? Anything else here I missed? You picked a couple of others. Yeah, I did not. Uh, let's start. Let's start, shall we, with just our overall team selections? Okay. Okay. NFC Championship game, I had Eagles over Packers. What did mm-hmm. you have?
3: I had 49ers over Eagles. Look at you. I don't feel great about that, though. I'm actually I'm at actually you. leaning the other way in this matchup. Really? I am.
1: But you still have both teams in the championship game. You got the championship game right.
3: Yeah, but if I had to show my work like in math class, yeah. you wouldn't have liked how I got there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I can promise you. I picked the Packers to make it to the championship game. I hated how I got there. (laughs) Come on. Come on. AFC championship game. I had the, oh, God. I had the Bills over the Chargers. Okay. I had Kansas City over Buffalo. Again, you have Kansas City. You get three of the four. Oh, I, I mean, my,
3: my Super Bowl matchup was Kansas City and San Francisco,
1: right? Yeah, my Super Bowl matchup was Bills and Eagles, and I was I feel great about the Eagles because nobody was picking the Eagles. Yeah, so we're both batting 500. In well, that but, one. but you could get Kansas City and San Francisco as a rematch for a few years ago in the game. I cannot get my Super Bowl champion home here. With the Buffalo Bills because Josh Allen keeps turning it over in the red zone and you can't run the ball.
3: Well, according to their general manager, Brandon Bean, the Bengals had an unfair competitive advantage because they have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Uh, Chris, who was your MVP? Yeah, this is the
3: part about showing my work that yeah. you're not going to like. Okay. Trey Lance.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> Trey, Lance is, Trey Lance is holding
3: a clipboard. But a lot of the reasons why is Brock... Is even Pert- doing that? Well, yeah, he is doing oh, that. Okay. He is doing that. He was on the sideline oh, in, in right. the game against, against the Cowboys. Yeah, and the earpiece. Right behind Kyle Shanahan. But... <laughs> The reason why I thought Trey Lance could be the MVP is the same reason why Brock Purdy is having the success. Yep. The 49ers were going to have a running game. They were going to have the skill position core with Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, and George Kittle. I didn't think they were going to make the move for Christian McCaffrey, but they did. They got Jawan Jennings. did they have a really, really good defense? Yeah. So that's why I thought Trey Lance had a chance to be MVP.
1: My selection was Lamar Jackson. And I don't. I still don't hate that pick. No, In I theory, don't hate the pick. No, I think it went out the window by the time the Ravens had blown their second big fourth quarter. No, lead. I'm going to tell
3: you when it went out the window. When Rashad Bateman got hurt. But as somebody yeah, once said, point. if if your season hinges on Rashad Bateman, yeah. that's probably not a great place to be for your
1: quarterback. I know especially. even Foxborough, when you and I did the Patriots-Ravens in week three, I was feeling pretty he, good He about damn me. near looked like he looked I, yeah. like the MVP that day. I certainly <laughs> feel great about it. Of course, now, uh, hopefully he gets paid here like an MVP. Yeah, And then finally, Defensive Player of the Year. Who do you Micah have? Parsons, who'd okay. you have? This is where I'm a winner. Nick Bosa. Nice. Nick Bosa. Nice. Yes. Nice. I'm going to get home on that one. Going
3: away with it. Could you pick a better time to be Defensive Player of the Year, knowing that they want to do your contract this offseason?
1: Yeah, no kidding. The only thing I didn't do, of course, was to put any money behind it. Yeah. I did not go and make that selection. Yeah, instead
3: you decided to put money on Michael Parsons being league MVP.
1: We. We We decided to do that because. What do you you speak French now? No, I said we decided to do it because. What is all this "we" business? Well, he was two hundred to one, and after like week four, he had six sacks, and we're like, you know what? Maybe not the worst idea. Not a bad
3: idea. Take a swing. Probably a bad idea in today's NFL.
1: Swing and a miss.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.